Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining us. If you happen to go past Seven Mile Road this morning, you noticed all of the pink Cadillacs that are lined up for the processional for Aretha Franklin. That funeral is getting ready to happen here in the city of Detroit. And at 10 a.m., WDET is going to live cast uh, that funeral. It's going to last a long time. There are many, many performances and speeches planned, but this is the event of the year here in the city of Detroit. And of course, it is very appropriate given the stature that Aretha Franklin has, not just among us as Detroiters, but as a citizen of this country and of the world. Uh, We're going to talk a little later in the show about Aretha Franklin. We're going to hear from her in her own words, an interview she did with Terry Gross of Fresh Air. We'll also hear uh, Don Was talk about Aretha and his relationship with her. But there is something else going on in this country this weekend as well, a very significant importance. uh, This weekend, the nation will lay to rest a modern icon of the U.S. Senate, Arizona Senator John McCain. McCain, who served in the Navy for many years, often spoke of duty, duty to country, duty to uphold the dignity of human beings all over the world. He valued dedicating one's life to the service of others and sacrifice for a greater cause as quintessential American values worth dying for. McCain thought and wrote a lot about patriotism and what it means to be an American. So today I want to start off by reading the bulk of his final letter to the American people, which was released by his family after his death. And then we want to get your reaction to McCain's words. We're going to have a conversation about service. What does that mean? How does it play out in people's lives? How does it play out in your life? And do you respect the kind of service that John McCain gave to this country, gave to the world for 60 years. His letter begins this way. My fellow Americans, whom I have greatly served for 60 years, thank you for the privilege of serving you and for the rewarding life that service in uniform and in public office has allowed me to lead. I've tried to serve our country honorably. I've made mistakes but I hope my love for America will be weighed favorably against them. I've often observed that I'm the luckiest person on earth. I feel that way even now as I prepare for the end of my life. I've loved my life, all of it. I've had experiences, adventures, and friendships enough for 10 satisfying lives, and I'm so thankful. Like most people, I have regrets, but I would not trade a day of my life in good or bad times, for the best day of anyone else's. I owe that satisfaction to the love of my family. No man ever had a more loving wife or children he was prouder of than I am of mine. And I owe it to America, to be connected to America's causes, liberty, equality, respect for the dignity of all people, brings happiness more sublime than life's fleeting pleasures. Our identities and sense of worth are not circumscribed, but enlarged by serving good causes bigger than ourselves. Fellow Americans, that association has meant more to me than any other. I lived and died 
a proud American. We are citizens of the world's greatest republic, a nation of ideals, not blood and soil. We are blessed and are a blessing to humanity when we uphold and advance those ideals at home and in the world. We've helped liberate more people from tyranny and poverty than ever before in history. We've acquired great wealth and power in the process. We weaken our greatness when we confuse our patriotism with tribal rivalries that have sown resentment and hatred and violence in all corners of the globe. We weaken it when we hide behind walls rather than tear them down, when we doubt the power of our ideals rather than trust them to be the great force for change they have always been. We are 325 million opinionated, vociferous individuals. We argue and compete and sometimes even vilify each other in our raucous public debates. But we've always had so much more in common with each other than in disagreement. If only we remember that and give each other the benefit of the presumption that we all love our country, we will get through these challenging times. We will come through them stronger than before. We always do. Ten years ago, I had the privilege to concede defeat in the election for president. I want to end my farewell to you with the heartfelt faith in Americans that I felt so powerfully that evening. I feel it powerfully still. Do not despair of our present difficulties, but believe always in the promise and greatness of America, because nothing is inevitable here. Americans never quit. We never surrender. We never hide from history. We make history. Farewell, fellow Americans. God bless you, and God bless America. Those final words of John McCain, U.S. Senator from Arizona, to the nation released earlier this week. What do you think of what McCain's saying there? What do you think of what he's trying to tell us? What do you think of his memory of his life and the impact he thinks that he had on this country and on the world? If you want to join us, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will try to work you into the conversation. And joining me now to talk more about John McCain and his legacy and these final words of his to the nation is Mark Crewman, professor of American history and director of the Center for Study of Citizenship at Wayne State University. Professor Crewman, welcome back to Detroit Today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be back. Yeah. So I want to get your initial reaction to John McCain's words. First, uh, you and I were talking before the show started. I expressed that that a lot of what he's saying there reminded me of George Washington's final letter uh, to the American people when he left office. Uh, I'm curious if they struck you the same way. Um, Very much so. As I was walking into the studio this morning, I was thinking of the ways in which uh, we minimize what McCain was saying when we simply refer to it as his final letter, which has been how it's uh, been described. Mm -hmm. Uh, His own language, which you read uh, concluding it, 
was, I think, intended to evoke uh, the farewell address of Washington, uh, who spoke about both America's place in the world to not get hooked into international rivalries, uh, but also which criticized political parties and political conflict. Mm -hmm. And so I I think that McCain, uh, whose ego was never small, uh, was reaching for uh, ideas that go back to the beginning of the republic Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that have been reflected in 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 so many of the uh, the words spoken by our political leaders uh, like Ronald Reagan's uh, vision of a city upon a hill or Barack Obama's uh, inaugural and farewell addresses and and put these words i guess in the context of McCain and his career. Uh, This is somebody who's been in public life in this country for a very, very long time, as anybody would be, especially when they serve in the U.S. Senate. Uh, That that means his record is very complicated. There are a lot of nuances to the things that he did and believed. But how do these final words sort of uh, fit into into that legacy? Well, I think that the crucial piece here is that he always treasured the idea that he was a maverick, that he was willing to cross political party lines and work with others. He developed close working relationship with Ted Kennedy, uh, obviously with Russ Feingold. He talked about how Russ Feingold's first name had become McCain. Uh, as in McCain, <laughs> McCain Feingold. Feingold, right? <laughs> uh, but I, I think he was a maverick, except when he wasn't, mm-hmm. and he often was a, a mainstream conservative Republican. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, one of the difficulties that we often have in discussing people like John McCain is that uh, labels get attached to them, right? So the label that a lot of people attached to his name was Maverick, which in people's minds means, well, here's somebody who's going to do something different from everybody else all the time, that he's always going to be the one outlier who says, no, I won't I won't go along with that. And of course, that's an unreasonable standard. Uh, you know, he did that when he felt it was necessary. He did that when he believed differently from the majority in his caucus. And he was, I think, unabashed about saying, when I disagree, I'm going to go and do my own thing. But that doesn't mean that he was going to go do his own thing all the time. In many instances, John McCain agreed with uh, the core principles of conservatism. And, you know, as somebody who sits on the other side of the political spectrum, you know, I considered him uh, a foil uh, often of the things that I would like to see happen in this country. That doesn't mean, though, that I'm somehow uh, less respectful of him or less respectful of him as a maverick. I think you can understand uh, that that uh, he, he had deep beliefs uh, and that he followed them no matter where they were, whether you agreed with him or not. 
No, I think that that's true. McCain comes from a, a period in the history of the Senate where you could disagree and still uh, foster friendships. And so his relationship with Joe Biden was is a strikingly close friendship, yet they probably disagreed about virtually everything. And I think that it's telling that the uh, at least by all reports, the only senator that uh, President Obama engaged in a friendly way on the other side of the aisle was Jeff Flake. Mm-hmm. And I think that that speaks to the what McCain was criticizing in his farewell, which has to do with tribal differences mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the importance of overcoming them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phones. Tell us what you think of the legacy of U.S. Senator John McCain from Arizona. Tell us what you think of his farewell to his fellow Americans, which I just read at the beginning of the show. Is this someone whose service stands above all the other things that he did in your mind? Uh, is this someone who sets a model? for service, public service as an American. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and uh, we will work you into the conversation. Let's go to David in Dearborn. David, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, Mm -hmm. As you've discussed with your guests, I think there's certainly a fraught legacy when we talk about Senator McCain. And while you can't question his service to the country, you know, you must question his sense of being a maverick. He's very often, I think, in lockstep with some of the worst instincts of the GOP. Uh, He was a knee-jerk military hawk. And, you know, I think uh, most importantly, revealed himself to be a cynical politician by legitimizing the likes of Sarah Palin and introducing sort of this know-nothing approach to politics, which Mm. has uh, borne some rather sour fruit lately. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. David, I appreciate the call and the comments. I absolutely hear where you're coming from. Uh, You know, I had my own many, many frustrations with uh, the positions that John McCain took over the years. But, But again, I think this idea of Maverick is where he stood out and where he decided that his principles wouldn't allow him to go along with the Republican majority. I think there are several instances where he parted with uh, the GOP uh, on, on race, importantly, very importantly, uh, standing up to, to the, the sort of um, dog whistling that the, the GOP has been doing on race for a long time, uh, pushing back against the indulgence of, uh, of of sort of racist thought as a way to build support on the GOP side. I also think things like uh, voting no on the Obamacare uh, repeal. Uh, I mean, you can go down the list and point out instances where John McCain separated. And I think the idea of Maverick is that a maverick is not somebody who who just always pushes back against uh, the, the the party that he or she is part of. I mean, there's nobody who who does that really. Uh, you would just be a member of the other party. Uh, the question is 
whether McCain was able to sort of separate that out and and do something different when it was necessary. Uh, Mark Crewman, it seems like this is a difficult discussion to be having in America right now because people are so dug in on each side that they can't see that people who sit across from them uh, in in some cases can can reach the same point, can believe in the same things and work toward the same goals? I, I think that it was captured uh, in uh, awful highlight by uh, his uh, right-wing opponent in Arizona, Kelly Ward, mm-hmm. who claimed that the announcement of McCain going off treatment was intended to undermine her candidacy in the Arizona primary, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which captured that that inability to, to think about goodwill on the other side. And I do think that that is one of the key pieces where I would disagree with the caller is about John McCain being a cynical politician. Mm-hmm. I don't see his I, his choice of Sarah Palin as uh, whatever the consequences, and I agree they have not necessarily been good, but at the same time, that wasn't him cynically opening up a... Uh, a can of political worms. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Again, thanks very much uh, for the call, David, and the comments. Let's go to Mildred in East Point. Mildred, welcome to Detroit Today. Well, thank you very much. I'm Mm -hmm. glad to be a part of this conversation. I want to state I felt very proud to say I reported on Facebook the 24th before his death that I saw his views differently, but I had great respect for the man. I think my respect stems from the fact that he served the country, I was a member of the military, and I respect the values I could see he held dear to himself. Hmm. And I think we're lacking a lot of that in our society today. Know what you stand for, be proud of what you stand for, state what you stand for, and whatever anyone else thinks is what they think, but don't um, sway from sway your views based on what others around you feel. Yeah, yeah, uh, Mildred, thank you very much for the yeah. call uh, and the comments, um, Mark Ruman. I want to talk a little about John McCain's place in in history. As I watch what has gone on over this week in preparation for his funeral. I'm reminded uh, again of of some uh, previous eras. I mean, I, there aren't that many politicians who die who bring together the kind of uh, across the spectrum support and uh, and respect that that John McCain did. The fact that you're going to have a former Republican and a former Democratic president speak uh, at at his funeral. The fact that that you've heard. Democrat after Democrat come out and talk about their personal relationships with uh, with John McCain. Joe Biden yesterday, former vice president, a, a Democrat, <clears throat> speaking at his uh, at the memorial in in Arizona. 
there is something about that that reminds me of the founders, I guess, uh, and the way that their relationships worked. Now that they didn't have parties uh, back then, and 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 so it was a little bit different. But they certainly had factions, and they certainly had disagreements. Uh, but the manner in which uh, they related to each other, especially in death, and the way, and the manner in which they wrote about each other and to each other about the respect they had. There's something about that what's going on now that reminds me of that. Um, and, and I wonder if for you there are other eras in American history where we've seen that same kind of, uh, I, I guess it's uh, Americanism, right? It's it's the, the, the sort of commonality that they feel toward each other and how it trumps everything else. Well, I think that if, especially when you go back to the founders where the idea of political parties themselves were anathema to them. Sure. And from their perspective, uh, that out of argument will, in fact, come uh, the common good mm-hmm. or an attempt to advance the common good. And so... I, I think that this is that having a former President Obama, former President Bush, two rivals of McCain, uh, were as much about McCain making a statement about how you can bring people together. Mm-hmm. But in fact, it's very difficult to find in our history that kind of reverence for a, a political figure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that McCain nurtured over the course of his career. So he was willing and able frequently to bridge divides yes. to advance things that mattered to him, his uh, denunciation of torture mm-hmm. as a person mm-hmm. who had been tortured. Been tortured, sure. It gave he that that kind of experience always gave him a kind of authenticity that was not about the cynical politician. Yeah. Okay, Mark Ruman, professor of American history, director of the Center for the Study of Citizenship at Wayne State University. Always great to have you here on Detroit today. Pleasure to be here. Thank you very much, Stephen. Up next, we're going to talk about Aretha Franklin as we prepare for her funeral today here in Detroit. Also, don't forget, if you have to miss any of today's conversation, you don't have to miss out. Just go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts, download and subscribe to Detroit Today. Take us with you and listen when you are ready. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Detroit Today.